In this episode, we discuss credit card debt reaching all-time highs through the coronavirus pandemic. From Yahoo Finance, this is A World Interrupted. Denitza Sikova is a reporter for Yahoo Finance. She'll be helping us on today's episode. Today, we are going to be talking about credit card debt. And credit card debt is already a massive deal in uh, across the board throughout the United States. I mean, we have so much credit card debt in the U.S., but it's only been uh, made worse through the coronavirus crisis. So maybe give me an overview. What's happening with credit card debt across the U.S. during the crisis? Yeah, as you said, actually, credit card debt um, is at the record high level. It's it, the last time we have the number for is 2019, and it was 829 billion. Uh, but the most recent data we have that we could actually see what the impact of the coronavirus is is showing us pretty bad results. So the first thing we see is that we have more people in credit card debt now compared to beginning of March when the lockdown didn't really start. So in early March, we saw 43% of Americans being in credit card debt. Now it's 47 4%, 4% doesn't sound a lot, but really when we talk about credit debt is a lot. This is pretty much half of US adults. Uh, and these are this reach actually mean that people who previously had no credit card debt are now in debt. Uh, what is more is that uh, from those people who were already in credit card debt, they're feeling the, the effect of the pandemic really bad and one in four of them are adding additional debt to your debt to their debt. And really, if we break down by gener- this by generation, we see one generation being hit the hardest. And this is millennials. Millennials are currently between 24 and 39. And really, one in three millennials are going into more debt now. And we see this number really going down for Gen X, baby boomers, and other generations. Mm. So on that last point, when you say it's going down for Gen X, baby boomers, what do you, what do you mean by that? Their their debt is decreasing while millennials is increasing. Oh no, I really meant that um, there are fewer Gen X and baby boomers that have gone into additional debt uh, in the current in the current uh, coronavirus crisis. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. So you're saying that there uh, some of these people are adding additional debt on top of new people going into debt. When you say adding additional debt, does that mean like people are applying for new credit cards? Are they getting additional credit cards when they've like maxed one out or something? Like what is what's happening there? So what we can say so far is that this increase in debt is really coming from people who already use their existing credit cards rather than opening new ones. And this is really because um, there aren't that many credit cards being issued right now. Since the pandemic started, um, credit report inquiries for new credit cards have declined significantly, meaning fewer people are applying for them. Additionally, there are some major uh, banks like Discover Financial Services that have officially said that they're just issuing less cards to new customers. So simply put, it's just uh, less likely for you to get a a new credit card now. And on top of that, we see credit card issuers reducing customers' limits 
meaning you may open your banking app tomorrow and you may see your credit limits being cut by 25%. Wow. So that that's a big change for someone, you know, say you're, you know, you don't have an emergency fund, you don't have money stashed away and you're assuming your credit limit is a certain amount and you're kind of banking on that being like an emergency fund or something. That's that's an eye-opening thing if it suddenly is decreased by 25%. For sure, 25% is such, it has such a big impact on your income. And the other thing is the way credit cards, credit scores are formed is that this affects your credit score. So not only if it really means that you have less money available, but you, have, you probably have a worse credit score, meaning you can borrow less money. So it, it's really a trickle-down effect on your, all your mm-hmm. personal finances. That is interesting. So we, one of our other podcasts, it's called Illegal Tender, and we just put out a series about student debt. Um, and th- there's a big fight going on right now over, um, and in that podcast, we talk a lot about the fairness of relieving student debt loans and the student debt crisis. And there are a lot of people who are very for um, relieving student loan debt that currently exists. And there are a lot of people that are against it. Uh, mostly based on like the fairness question of, well, I paid my student loan debt, so why shouldn't you pay yours type of an argument. I'm curious now, is there any discussion like that around credit card debt where like, I think the student loan, it's almost, it feels more like a uh, an argument that a lot of people could have publicly because college is so accepted socially, but credit card debt is not. Um, so it might be a, a different argument when people are talking about relief for it. Is there any talk about getting any sort of credit card relief debt, especially during the pandemic? Yeah. Uh, so the, the scale is very different. The scale of the conversation is very different. But still, um, there is not only talk about it, but we actually see banks and lenders offering some kind of relief. The relief is really in the form of... Uh, you being allowed to skip payments, even two payments, not and not paying interest on that payment. Uh, you also have uh, an option to get a lower interest rate. Uh, you can get fees waived, and um, meaning this will protect your credit score. So uh, yeah, you actually have quite a few options for relief right now. And um, the only thing you have to do is contact your bank or lender and you'll be able to get them. And uh, probably this will um, have very positive impact on your current financial situation. But what we really see, um, going back to that survey, is that very few people are actually taking advantage of that relief, even now that it's available. Only 7% of people that are in credit card debt has actually asked for some kind of break on their credit card. So we, we really see those hardship programs being available and experts say you should go for it. This should be the first thing that you, you do when you think about paying off debt. Don't apply for loans, don't get a balance transfer card, just ask for a break. And still we see a very low number of people doing it. Yeah, that's that seems to be kind of a theme, um, maybe as we close the conversation. But one thing, and I think you and I have talked about it on this podcast multiple times, is 
a lot of there's a lot of opportunity right now if you create the communication line between you and say your landlord or your credit card company or whatever it is there are these lines of communication that have never really been this open to getting relief when you really need it so I, I, maybe to close are people taking advantage maybe across the board you said not only seven percent are using this for credit card relief but across the board are you hearing about people really um, or any stories from people who have used, like leveraged all these opportunities to get their rent deferred, their credit cards deferred, just kind of everything holistically. Is that common or is it mostly just, you know, one thing here, one thing there? Um, I don't really have exact data on this, but I've actually spoken to a lot of people who have been laid off and who have tried to apply for the different forms of relief. And actually, most of the people I spoke to are pretty well aware of the different benefits, including unemployment benefits. They get additional unemployment benefits through the Relief Act, through the CARES Act. Um, they're aware of the stimulus payment. If they're eligible for it, they're aware of breaks when it comes to credit cards. Uh, also, they're aware of uh, pro delaying a mortgage payment and all that. But that said, um, many of them are pretty concerned and have bad experience applying for those benefits, especially for unemployment benefits. I've really heard terrible stories of people just needing like a month, three, four weeks to even get to properly apply for this. And they spent literally a whole business day on the phone trying to contact um, the unemployment bureau to actually claim their benefits. So that said, many people are aware of it. Probably many people are not, but those who are aware of it um, have many difficulties of actually accessing it and may get it weeks after they truly need it. So we yeah. really see that too. That's a good clarifier because it's not as simple as, hey, your problem just gets solved, you know, right off the bat. I, I mean, I have friends who have done they've they've called literally hundreds if not thousands of times to try and get through and uh and get relief so it's no joke right now it's a lot of it's a lot of uh hurdles that a lot of people are having to jump through so denitza thanks for being on the podcast today thanks for having me alex Thank you for listening to A World Interrupted from Yahoo Finance. For more coverage on the coronavirus and its economic impact, make sure to watch our bell-to-bell -bell live programming throughout the day. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review there. In the meantime, stay safe, take care of yourself, and we'll get through this.